I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program as we go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line where we welcome on Joe Bartle of RotoWire here for our weekly chat. Joe, how are things in your world today? Well, not too bad. It's It was a lesser waiver wire period uh, for a lot of people. It might not matter because for a, a lot of folks, it was the first week of the fantasy playoff. So it's it's a bit more mundane. Um, and with all the games spread out this week, it, it is kind of a tricky fantasy period too. On top of all the other holiday-related stuff that probably a lot of folks are focused on. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up for sure. Let's go ahead and get into that. What is that dynamic like where I don't think you can have a more spread-out week than this? You've got, obviously, the game on Thursday. You've got Saturday stuff, as we did last week. But then you also have three Monday games as opposed to one or maybe the rare doubleheader that the league's been doing uh, this year, obviously, because it's Christmas. Does that change how you... I don't know, observe, like, if you have an early matchup do you that doesn't go well, do you try to change something real quick on a Sunday or Monday matchup that you're trying to swing bigger on? Is there anything you can do strategy-wise? I don't know. What 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 is it like to have a more spread-out week like this? Yeah, it's um, challenging, and I, I was thinking more from the injury perspective. Uh, you have to really be on top of all the injury news of players because the final practice report for a lot of these teams can – be Friday, Thursday, Sunday, you know, it, it does really change. And for me, that would be like a, okay, I need to have this information lined up and make the decision. Oh, wait, you know, I, this thing Thursday is happening. So therefore I'm not sure what to do with Monday. We, we saw it play out last week when Keenan Allen was uh, inactive on that Thursday night game, but also you thought Tyreek Hill was going to play. You thought Chris Lave might play and neither of those guys could. Uh, and they were up until the last minute. I'm, I'm just hoping, um, I'm hoping there's less of those circumstances this week, and a lot of those guys that had missed last week theoretically could and should be able to play because they had missed last week. But to the point of the strategy aspect, I'm not sure there there is anything that I would be doing. Um, I think you you kind of know when entering your matchup, hey, I, I might have a chance of winning, I might not. Maybe the things are going to break my way, they might, they might not. And if there was a scenario where I was like, I, I'm not feeling great about this matchup, there would be some... I don't know, like, uh, I, I would roll the dice and try to get, like, a big play sort of thing. So, like, Noah Brown, for example, if Nico Collins doesn't play, Noah Brown has had two games now where he's got 20-plus points. Otherwise, has been kind of shut out, and I understand Case Keenum probably starting again for the Texans, but it's, it's that kind of player and that kind of outcome that I'd be looking for. Uh, and the idea is, well, you know, if, if I was already down 35 points entering Sunday's games, I, I might as well roll the dice. But there's there's very few times, and frankly... There's four teams in the most part, four, six teams possibly left. Uh, and those options and opportunities to make those plays become significantly less when most of these teams are all pretty compact and more or less good. I mean, that's why they've made it this far in the playoffs. Almost every single week, Joe, we've unfortunately had to talk about a new quarterback injury and how it changes the dynamic around a certain team. This week, it's Houston. I know that Stroud missed last week, but now we've seen a week of Case Keenum. Uh, was able to lead a comeback for what it's worth against Tennessee, playing another Browns team with Joe Flacco, who has put up at least a lot of yardage with Cleveland. They're leading them to wins. Uh, so another matchup of backup quarterbacks. Who do you feel better about? And then, again, how does it fe- uh, affect some of these wide receivers? And, 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 again, especially out of Houston, which is a little bit newer situation. 
I definitely feel better about Joe Flacco. If you're streaming quarterbacks at this point, that's the one I'd go to. Possibly Will Anderson missing time, the stud pass rusher for the Texans. That would make things even more enticing for me. Uh, and Flacco almost has a safe floor with how often that he passes the ball. And, and the receivers are pretty good. And David Njoku coming on towards the latter half of the season. That's like, okay, yeah, Flacco would be the obvious case. But to your point with the Texans, I mean, Case Keenum gets thrown into this mix. Uh, some people thought it would be Davis Mills. Like at this point last week when we assumed C.J. Stroud wasn't going to play. To me, it's just a hindrance overall on the offense. And whereas I thought it's certainly possible against the Texans, I'm sorry, against the Titans, that they could pass the ball. No matter if it's Case Keenum, C.J. Stroud, Davis Mills, this Browns defense is infinitely better than what Tennessee was able to present last week. I don't think Devin Singletary is going to get 100-plus 20 rushing yards. Uh, I don't believe Noah Brown is going to be in a position where he can get 100 yards and two scores. So I, I would just kind of safer assume I'm not playing many of these guys. And even if Nico Collins is active and available, it makes me concerned uh, to have to roll the dice with him in a difficult matchup and a lesser quarterback throwing the ball. Like I could sooner see the score being 16-10 again in favor of the Browns. And while it worked out fantasy-wise last week in a similar capacity, I don't think the, the Browns defense presents those same sort of opportunities. Joe, when you you look at the you know you, you mentioned a lot of people are in the playoffs right now. Uh, it, it's it, it's starting to get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, a position that a lot of people really look at uh, for need is that running back room. Who's a guy that this week that you would suggest maybe a lot of people starting running back that could be in danger of kind of busting this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious ones are still in play. Raheem Mostert's number two in fantasy scoring, given all the touchdowns. I'm not worried about the Cowboys' defense, and I don't think Raheem Mostert's going to go ahead and play James Cook level of performance and dominate that defense, but it's it's not one where I'm fading away. Uh, and even, like, the the overall top guys, I guess I would go down to Bijan Robinson, but my only concern is if you played Bijan Robinson and won last week, kudos to you because he had a miserable performance uh, and I think for a lot of people was the reason they were unable to advance in the playoffs. So I don't even know if that's a, a fair answer anymore because he's already cost them the week before. I would maybe look at a guy like Aaron Jones, who a lot of people threw right back into their lineups when he was healthy last week. I understand the Panthers, uh, a good enough matchup. And A.J. Dillon, with that broken thumb, might not play this week. It, it's still too risky, uh, given Matt LaFleur and what the offense chooses to do on a drive-to-drive basis. I would not be playing Aaron Jones, and I have to imagine with all the time that he's missed this year, that somebody who has him uh, could find better options available on the roster. And then, Joe, uh, a position in, in fantasy football that we really don't mention a lot, uh, but the, the defensive units. Who, who's a defensive unit that you, you're looking at this week that maybe a, a lot of people have out there that, that's available in their, their league that they could go pick up this weekend? Yeah, the first the first look is the Bills, who may or may not be available. They just had the Cowboys last week. Maybe somebody already dropped them. Um, we saw what the Raiders' defense did against the Chargers last week. Brandon Staley's gone, so I think by default the team will be better. But, yeah, I want to target the Bills' defense against whatever version of the Chargers you're seeing over the final three weeks. In fact, um, that would be one of those where I'm rostering over plays the Chargers the following week, too. I'll, I'll have a defense for next week if that is at all possible. But that's the first choice you'd make. Um, after that, uh, I've seen some people say the Packers. I, I'm definitely not going there. I think Bryce Young uh, finally looks like the number one overall pick against Joe Barry. So I would I would lean towards um, whoever's going against the Giants or uh, like <clears throat> I was going to say like the Bears too, but the Cardinals are the Bears this week. It really does come down to a few of those overall matchups, and with so many backup quarterbacks playing, there really isn't all that much of an advantage overall. So I, I think um, I think we saw that the Falcons were one of the defenses you could consider. I didn't really like them a lot either. Uh, it, I have 
the Bills are available in all five of my playoff leagues. So if I'm only if I'm stuck in that one, it's because I'm, I'm going after picking up every one of the Bills. Uh, they were widely available, at least in my formats. And Joe, when we're looking at this slate of games, the Monday, I, there's not a better game all week than the very last game, and it's the Monday night yeah. game on Christmas between the Ravens and 49ers. Uh, this is a great matchup, too, because in theory, this could be a Super Bowl preview. I mean, I know we don't talk about that uh, with the Ravens too often because they've not gotten over that hump with Lamar. To be fair, he's never usually available when it comes this time of year. Uh, but but give us a sense of, of how this 49ers defense will influence and, and play against Lamar and, again, the, the pass, the, the passing acumen he's gained this year and just, again, the implications with going up against that 49ers defense. Yeah, it's a Christmas Day reward because we have Raiders, Chiefs, uh, and then another 10-point game mid-Christmas Day so that we get to end with actually a good game is uh, is a positive. You had said what, what's the 49ers defense going to present the Ravens, and I actually think more like the 49ers offense is so capable of explosive plays but also dictating the pace of the game that I think that's the biggest issue for me. Let's, I mean, how, how realistic are we saying the Ravens are going to hold the Niners to three scores. I, I don't think it's very realistic. Um, I think it could be a game like a 31-28 type of deal. And if that's the case, I mean, the Ravens are going to have to keep pace to make sure, at least for, for the Ravens to be competitive, I don't even know if they win this game, but to be competitive, they can't get caught up in trying to make a big play and get that score right back they, that they will inevitably give up. Kyle Shanahan is too good at scheming. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, those guys are just too good at making plays. You make the tackles in front of you, uh, try your best to limit them to, to field goals, that offense is going to score points. But if you're the Ravens, you can't go in saying, I need to go ahead and get seven points in three plays. You are not capable of doing that. I would imagine Chase Young and Joey, uh, Joey Nick Bosa are going to be able to contain Lamar Jackson to a certain extent, but you don't want to overcorrect. You don't want to end up uh, pass rushing too hard and giving him a lane to runs. So I think that's going to mitigate one of the bigger advantages the Niners offense, I'm sorry, defense has, which is that excellent pass rush. So if Lamar Jackson's threat to even move and run out of the pocket uh, negates that, then I do think you're going to see the ball spread around between Odell Beckham, Isaiah Likely, Rashad Bateman, and the like. The only issue is there's not one single guy that really has emerged as a key fantasy option. Isaiah Likely has been great if you missed Mark Andrews, um, and I think he'll be totally fine, even though Fred Warner's the best middle linebacker in the league. But it's, it's hard to say, oh, well, this guy's going to benefit from the Niners' pass rush theoretically not being as good. I think I happen to think the San Francisco 49ers blow this game out. I don't think it's going to be all that competitive. I hope I'm wrong, um, but I don't really see anybody getting close to the Niners. And I'm just hoping that uh, Kyle Shanahan does one of his uh, goof-ups in the playoffs. That's the only way I think San Fran gets stopped this season. Joe, we're, we're trying to uh, go through and help folks uh, with, with their fantasy playoff matchups this week and the next couple weeks here. But I want to look ahead to 2024. And there may, there's a lot of people out there that, that love to play the keeper leagues and everything. Who are some younger guys that have kind of boomed this year that you would target in, in some of the keeper leagues to kind of hold on to going into next season? Yeah, it's it's tricky. My two favorite receivers entering this season were Jordan Ass and Rasheed Rice. And unfortunately, I think they played so well this year that you are not getting them any sort of discount whatsoever. So I, I, most of the rookie receivers, I'm not buying low on Quentin Johnston, but even Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith, and Jigba have done well enough where you're like, yep, those guys are cornerstones where you draft them and you're not getting any perceived value. So I do think it's kind of at running back. And we've seen Chase Brown uh, back up for the Bengals get a little bit better. But if I'm scoping on situations, Joe Mixon's contract, 
a difficult spot. They already probably can't bring back T. Higgins. Do you bring back Joe Mixon as well, too? If not, then I think Chase Brown becomes not starter per se, but in competition for that. So that's one of the names. And then Kendra Miller was drafted in the third round by the Saints. They have Jamal Williams. They have Alvin Kamara. I don't know if both those guys are back, but you don't draft Kendra Miller in the third round to have do literally nothing. He's been banged up most of the season. I would imagine even in dynasty or keeper leagues, he could have been cut. That's how uh, little he was utilized. So I would be uh, looking towards that direction. And then the other part is, with so many players injured this season, you might be able to go ahead and uh, target one of those guys on the down low and say, yeah, this is going to work out well for me. Uh, I think like Kirk Cousins, no matter if he stays for the Vikings or goes somewhere else, he should be healthy next year. Uh, it's not like his mobility really makes a difference. Like That matters from a fantasy perspective. Could you get him cheaper in a single quarterback league? Maybe. Um, those would be, it, it's the running backs, the rookie ones in particular, who didn't do a whole lot this year, and then a number of these injured players where it's out of sight, out of mind. You might have forgot why they are fans as well when they'll be trying to target. He's Joe Bartle of RotoWire joining us today on the program. And Joe, I got one last question for you, but it's a little bit of a change up. We also have, of course, as we do each and every year, Christmas Day basketball. And your Milwaukee Bucks have the New York Knicks. And if also if I told you, because again, uh, we could be talking fantasy basketball too. RotoWire does a great job with all of your fantasy needs, not just football. Uh, with the slate of games, if I told you 10 teams were playing and the Golden State Warriors would have the worst record of the 10, that would be a <laughs> bit of a surprise too. So what do you like on Christmas Day basketball? I mean, it has to be Lakers-Celtics. I, I will likely be watching football all day uh, Christmas Day because I am in a few fantasy playoffs and the stakes will matter. In a few of these games, you got a lot of key players like Mahomes and, and whatnot. But I will be tuning in to Celtics-Lakers, not just for the history aspect, but I'm really curious to see what LeBron James and Anthony Davis do against this match. I don't think it's going to be an NBA Finals match, but it certainly is one of those that you want to test who is the best among the NBA. And I don't know if Bucks knicks does that. I don't know if the Warriors or anybody else does that. But I do think the Celtics-Lakers will, and the rivalry aspect, both those teams care about it. Both those franchises care about it. Uh, I'm excited, and I, I despise the, the big market L.A. talk, and it gets so annoying, eye-rolling when we slobber all over the Celtics. This is the one day of the year where I will relent and uh, appreciate this kind of rivalry because it, it should be one of the better games on an awesome NBA slate Christmas Day. Yeah, we, we definitely need a little bit of chippiness out of that, too. I, I don't mean like Draymond style, uh, but but just need a little <laughs> no, bit. No WWE, please. Yeah, <laughs> right. Need don't need to transcend the sport in which we're playing, but we do need a little bit of something to remind people like, hey, this is the rivalry in the sport that uh, made it famous in the 80s and, and, and need a little bit of flair there. But uh should be a great slate for sure. He's Joe Bartle of RotoWire joining us today. Again, Joe, remind our audience, again, uh, all the things that you do there with RotoWire, with uh, Red Wire can help you with again in multi sports and just everything going on there. Yeah, the big betting sheet just got posted uh, on my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. I go over every over under, uh, every point spread, still 500 in both categories, which I'm pretty proud of entering week 16. Uh, I thought this, this week's gambling slate was really more uh, teaser and parlay focused than anything else. The spreads were a little bit tricky, uh, but you can find that again on my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. I, real quick, from just like an overall perspective, we aren't in a state that uh, you're able to legally bet prize picks and those kinds of things have been gaining more. We have a really awesome tool now that we've developed over the past three or four months uh, that has been pretty good pretty good results thus far that targets the best of those prize pick level entry points, those prop bets, so to speak, uh, for a lot of those different apps out there. You can get that. I think it's for free right now for a limited time up until the start of the new year and kind of check that out. 
rotowire.com slash radio, or at least pod, gets you uh, free access to the site. But you can click around that and check it out if you are into those prize pick things. So it's, it's a new tool, one that we've been uh, definitely kind of tweaking behind the scenes now for a while. And I think it's done a lot uh, for a lot of the users out there. Again, Joe Bartle with RotoWire joining us today on the show. Joe, as always, we certainly appreciate the time. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we hope that uh, there's a lot of fun football and basketball to consume on Christmas Day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And best of luck to everyone's fantasy lamps this week. Hopefully uh, we're all having a merry, a merry holidays and also a merry fantasy experience too. Yeah, well, uh, we already got people in the office like uh, Brooks who is uh, already – lost in the playoffs. Tom in the Constellation Bracket. These these guys are not doing great, Joe. These guys are not doing great. They should have listened to you more. But uh, we appreciate it as always, Joe. All right. Thanks.